The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. I am Simran. I'd like to ask you to center in, take a deep breath, close your eyes, and let me take you to where Mark Nepo went. And so I asked him, how is it God is everywhere and nowhere? He circled me like a self I couldn't reach, because humans refuse to live their lives. I was confused. He continued, you hover rather than enter. I was still confused. He spoke in my ear. God is only visible within your moment, entered like a burning lake. I grew frightened. He laughed. Even now you peer at me as if what you see and hear are not part of you. I grew angry. He ignored me. You peer at the edge of your life, so frantic to know, so unwilling to believe. Indeed, I was frantic. He was in my face. And now you have cancer. You ask to be spared. I grew depressed. He took my shoulders. For God's sake, enter your own life. Enter. Inside the miracle, enduring suffering, approaching wholeness, is Mark Nepo's latest book, offering 30 years of lessons in a collection of poems, reflections, questions, and essays that explore how we can inhabit the endless reservoir of aliveness that abides within our most difficult challenges. In the midst of our most trying circumstances lives a powerfully mysterious gift, a healing process that shapes our journey in becoming our better, most whole-hearted selves. Welcome, Mark, to 1111 Talk Radio. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you back on. Well, thank you. It's so wonderful to be able to be with you again. You know, my work this past year has so profoundly gone where your book has gone. It has gone to the heart of crisis and challenge and heartbreak. It has gone to that place that so many people know which might be lost or an illness such as cancer, which might be devastation from a flood and losing everything, or bankruptcy. It might be any of a number of crises, yet it all takes us to that same place. And that place is suffering, and that suffering has purpose, and that suffering also has meaning, and that suffering also has growth. And I'd like for you to start off by really expressing to individuals what really guided you to write this book at this time and why it is so necessary. Yeah, thanks. So, let you know, um, boy, you know, almost, well, it's almost 28 years ago, 
I'm 64, and it was in my 30s that I had a rare form of lymphoma. I went through three years of surgeries and very aggressive chemo, which almost killed me, and came very um, close to the edge of, of life and death, and it changed everything for me. It changed how I understand life. And, and first off, you know, I want to offer two things as we talk about all this. You know, one is that I, I am just so blessed to be here at all, you know, but for a hiccup of God, one of the beautiful souls I journeyed with in all those waiting rooms could be here talking to you and I could be gone. And, you know, the other is that every, and this gets to why, um, why this is so important, um, that every person alive will get a chance to be opened to the depth of life. And for me, it was cancer that did that, but it doesn't have to be catastrophic or tragic. Um, you know, it, it can be surprise. It can be uh, a sudden, you know, song of a bird that undoes your map of the universe. It could be the loss of a relationship, as you said, or, or you know, the, the dissolving of a dream. But it doesn't have to, it can be almost anything. So as we talk about this, I don't want people listening to think, oh, gee, um, I haven't gone through anything. Do I have to go out and find something tragic to encounter? No, life, life will present us with that opportunity to, to fall into the depth of, of life. And, and I equate it uh, like this, it helps me, is that, you know, in nature... The elements beautifully and harshly erode everything to reveal their inner beauty. You know, the, the cliffs at the edge of continents are pounded by the sea and we, we save our money and we go on vacation to see how beautiful they are. You know, well, well suffering is human erosion. Suffering is the friction of the wheel of life and it it erodes us to our inner beauty if we can withstand that that wearing away and i think that you know i've come to think that whatever you call that which is greater than us um god nature tao <laughs> quantum physics everything nothing whatever it is that you name that mystery I believe that life has been made just hard enough that we need each other to ensure the journey of love and so that we can try to hold each other up to this to this erosion. And, you know, I, I wound up writing this. I mean, the original version of this book in 1996 was very small, and it was a small collection of, of prose, of journal entries and poems, and I wasn't thinking about writing when I was going through this as, um, oh, let's see, I could write a book. No, quickly and deeply, the one gift I had in this world was expression. And so I was climbing like a rope of expression, hand over hand, heart after heart felt space to get to tomorrow. It was part of the medicine. And when I was blessed to still be here, then I looked through everything and I thought, 
you know, what I've been going through and is no different than what everyone goes through. And so I thought it might be of use to gather these and share them. And over the years, um, I have never gotten over having cancer. It has turned me inside out. And so it, I think the things that happen to us are transforming and they continue to be transforming. So I have continued to learn through the years so much that when sounds true, you know, uh, one of my publishers offered me the chance to bring that book back into print. We talked about that I didn't want it to just, just take it and reprint it. I wanted to gather all that I've been inquiring about healing and suffering and wholeness over these last 30 years and open it and create a new integrated whole. So it deals with so much that I've learned through the years. And, and you know, my, my hope is that this will help introduce people to their own wisdom and resources while they face um, however life is forging them because I think that life forges us into a tool over time, into an instrument. I agree so much with you, Mark, and I, I think that what life does is it, it allows us to dive into our own heartbreak, that these experiences are really asking us to dive into that place where our deepest feelings and emotions and inspirations do lie. We oftentimes don't realize that it is our melancholy that spurs on our creativity, and as creative beings, it is that wisdom and inspiration that brings us that much more that we are here to share with the world. And so when you entitled your book, Inside the Miracle, is it is it these very experiences that allow us that depth of wisdom, and not only that depth of wisdom, because you even write that it brings things such as risk and trust and compassion and surrender, so that we may tap into those wells of experience at a level that we have not yet experienced before. Yeah, so let's talk about this a little bit, because, you know, we we tend to think of miracle as an extraordinary moment beyond explanation. And I think what life has taught me, and this is not unique to me, all the wisdom traditions speak about it, all the spiritual traditions, that actually when we are cast into the depth of life, we discover that life itself is an ongoing miracle. And we're the ones, because of our very human limitations, that come in and out of being aware of it. You know, today I'm clear, tomorrow I'm confused. Today I remember, tomorrow I forget. You know, today I'm incredibly sensitive and tomorrow I'm, I'm just clumsy and awkward. And so, you know, we are constantly asked to return to that aliveness and awareness in which we discover, you know, it seems like we're, we're, we're cast on one journey and when we talk about society and culture, we are they. <laughs> we're the ones who, who help create this thing that, that, uh, that we are try to free ourselves of. So one of the things that, that, you know, we're, we're taught at an early age and we embark willingly. We want to find what's special, what's extraordinary. But life through these experiences, I know it's taught me that everything is extraordinary and mm-hmm. everyone is special. And it's, 
it's being opened humbly to the fragility of life that lets us start to experience that. So one of the things I learned through my journey was, you know, I experienced a miracle. You know, the tumor on my brain vanished. And within 10 months, there was a small sister tumor on a rib in my back, and that continued to grow. And now I was cast back into this terrible journey, and that was my real moment of despair because I thought, did I waste this second chance? Did I do something wrong? Now I mm. feared I would die. But I started to learn that miracle is a process and not an event. And so the thoracic surgeon who removed that rib was part of the miracle. Even the damn chemo was part of the miracle. And what starts to open up and what started to open in me, and this gets to what you were sharing about and asking about with all the realm of our feelings. You know, we live, we live in an age that is afraid of feeling. And so we want to run from sadness to happiness. We want to run from fear to safety. But what I've learned over time and over these years is that being who we are is, is the best protection more than hiding who we are and that it is the full range of our humanity that is our greatest resource. And so, you know, it is moving through all of our feelings that brings us in direct connection with the resource of life, and that gets us in touch with resilience. So, you know, we can't, try as we do, we can't avoid our feel. It's understandable that no one likes to feel pain or fear or worry, and it's not fun to be sad, but it's the depth and resonance of where those feelings open into our heart, which I believe is the strongest muscle we have. I believe that our heart, which is at once incredibly sensitive, is is really unbreakable, even though paradoxically our heart breaks at times. And so, you know, it's through the teachers that are all these feelings that we are allowed to participate and feel the oneness of the universe, the way a fish will find the current and the current will take it. It's through feeling all of what is ours to feel. And of course, we, we you know, during along the way, we go, oh my God, I, I'm never going to get through this. I can't, I, I can't bear it. Well, you know, at least up to this point in my life, and I'm 64, and it may change tomorrow, but I can, I can bear witness and say to you today that there have been a constellation of times in my life where my heart has been shattered, where life as I've known it has been just broken apart. And in those moments, I have felt too, oh my God, I don't, I don't know that I can continue. I don't know how to continue. I don't know, I don't know if I can ever be put back together again. But I can say to you today, quite honestly, that every single time so far, <laughs> Not only has my heart been put back together, but I have been, it has been stronger, larger, gentler, 
and more loving for it. And the way that I had lived up until that shattering is gone. And I have had to many times rediscover a new way of being, a new way of living. It doesn't mean I don't lose all that I've learned or that I've discovered along the way, but I've been, but I, each time we're asked to start anew, like Adam or Eve, and go, oh my God, what, what is this beautiful thing I'm in that we call a day? What is the light? What, you know? So I think it's through the, the rain, and I'll add one more thing here and then stop to take a pause, and that is that, you know, during, we're asked in life to survive and thrive. Now, if all we do is survive, what's the point? And often, because we're so, we become so diligent and cautious and afraid about surviving, that we put thriving on hold. And so, in order to survive, we all develop with our minds, you know, skills we're taught with our mind to sort, analyze, prioritize, and choose. That's how we problem solve. That's how I go to the store and I pick cottage cheese over 2% milk and get whatever we need at home. But in the deeper realm of living, life has asked me over the years to learn a different way. It has not asked me to sort and prioritize and separate. Actually, the deepest experience in life have asked me to absorb and integrate, to let everything in and not choose. So in the depth, I can no longer say that, oh, I'm feeling sad. I can actually feel sad and happy at the same time. I can feel broken and whole at the same time. I can feel clear and confused at the same time because it's the logic of the heart that gives us the resources to make it through. And somehow life and spirit asks us, no, stop choosing. Stop choosing. All things are true. All things aren't fair, but all things contain truth. And we can't solve all of that with our mind. We can only hold it with our heart, which leads us to the deepest understandings, which the traditions call wisdom. And with that, I'm going to have us go right to a break. There are certain experiences that reform us, as if God's a tireless blacksmith who, against our pleading, forges the metal in us. Though it takes years for our heart and mind to cool from the pounding journey with cancer was how Mark Nepo was forged. Mark Nepo felt compelled to expand this book, Inside the Miracle, because almost dying and having cancer cracked open his life and continued to deepen who he was. He felt compelled to rework and further unfold these life lessons as his understanding kept evolving. He felt uplifted to add new lessons from the growing perspectives of decades. And so this book gathers 28 years of Mark Nepo's writing and teaching about suffering, healing, and wholeness. Visit Mark Nepo at MarkNepo.com. That's M-A-R-K-N-E-P-O.com. We'll be right back with Mark Nepo and Inside the Miracle. (laughs) 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Over the past two years, I've watched this experience of suffering. I have witnessed it. I have integrated it. I have fallen on the floor and allowed myself to be cracked open. I have experienced the heartbreak and the moments where there felt like there were no legs upon which to stand. I have experienced the moments where the tears would never end and where there was nothing left inside yet to give. The moments where there was no inspiration or care whether I ever inspired another person again in my entire life. I've experienced the moments where hopelessness took over, where the will to not stand again laid there, but yet something inside, something inside said trust, just sit, just be silent, just wait, just stop. And in the stilling and in the stopping and in the waiting, in the heartbreak, in the wabi-sabi of myself that was waiting to be filled with the golden ember of the divine inspiration from within me, the moment came when I could stand again. That is the experience that heartbreak asks us into. It is the black void that we are called towards so that we can re-enter the light from another space. When I received Mark Nepo's book, Inside the Miracle, it went beyond being just a book. It became an experience of reliving what I had been through, but from a place of walking with someone else that knew. The greatest gift we can give another person is to be able to walk in their shoes, 
but oftentimes those things that enter our lives are so that we understand those shoes upon which we walk. The gift of experience is true compassion. And you know how the shoe fits because you've known every step along the way of how to walk in it. That's what Inside the Miracle was for me. It is a beautiful read. It is profound in its heart and in its words. It is so deeply revealing of the heartbreak that reveals our humanity because we are not here to save humanity that is on the outside. The best gift we can give to the world as humanity is to save our own, is to dive into our own humanity and reveal the full bandwidth and color of feelings that rest within us from a place of honor and sacredness and neutrality rather than from the judgment of good or bad. My guest today is Mark Nepo, and he has moved and inspired readers and seekers around the world with his number one New York bestseller, The Book of Awakening. Beloved as a poet, teacher, and storyteller, Mark has been called one of the finest spiritual guides of our time, a consummate storyteller, and an eloquent speaker and spiritual teacher. He's published 16 books and recorded 11 audio projects, including 7,000 Ways to Listen, which won the 2012 Books for a Better Life Award. His work has been translated into more than 20 languages, and he has appeared on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday on OWN TV, and has been interviewed by Robin Roberts on Good Morning America. You can find out more at marknepo.com. And again, the book is entitled Inside the Miracle, Enduring Suffering, Approaching Wholeness. Welcome back, Mark. I want to go back to something that you said earlier, and it was something that I discovered in my own experience of the last two years. Oftentimes when these types of crises, whether they're health or some other outwardly expression, they often come to help us crack apart an identity that we already have, to allow us to let go. And you kind of inferred that uh, when you spoke about Adam and Eve beginning again. So much of this is for us to let go, to, to break open to something greater than what we've known ourselves to be. And that is part of the miracle that sometimes suffering does bring. Can you speak to how your own identity kind of washed away and then a, a new, more expanded sense of I-ness came in through the process yeah. of, of having sure, cancer? Sure, sure. And let me, let me start by, by saying that the process of growing an identity and, ex- and having it change and expand is very natural. So as we talk about this, you know, there's a lot of different traditions that speak differently. Um, but I, I personally don't believe, you know, you have to, uh, in the way that, you know, fruit often has to grow and incubate inside a hard shell, and then the shell gives way so that the sweetness can be tasted. So we can't just skip over growing an identity uh, and you know, and say, well, I'll just, I'll just be selfless. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. I, you know, the way everything grows and sheds and then grows and forms, it's part of our journey. You know, so I think that you know, in the first half of life, we tend to very naturally. I wanna, I discover my own self, and I have a, a gift, and I discover what it is, and and then I wanted to see how can I distinguish myself? What is it that makes me unique? And that by itself, there's nothing wrong with that unless it becomes dominant <laughs> in our life. And in the second half of life, and it's 
kind of propelled by these experiences we're talking about, we're humbled to discover, you know, it's not what separates me from others. It's what I have in common with other life and other people and other souls that that releases my aliveness. And so then we start to seek what what uh, where we are the same, not where we're different. But in you know, in my journey, I was in my thirties, and I was even though I I was always very heart centered. I, in my thirties, I lived a lot in my head, you know, and I was discovering my gifts, and I was hoping to contribute in some way to to our times and to literature, to healing, to, you know, anything that I was, that I was seriously growing and studying with. And all of a sudden when, when I fell ill with cancer, all of a sudden life was changing me. And so the first thing that shifted in my identity was any sense that I had control over anything. You know, in fact, I, I often feel now that the really the only thing I mean if if I'm with you and you fall down I can help you up and I can bring you water and I can get food for you but for everything inside that matters um this the only thing we can control is our presence or our absence so, so some ways that that I really uh shifted is that on the other side of my journey um I woke up through no wisdom of my own still here in life kind of spit out of the mouth of the whale of cancer like Jonah. And um, and now all of a sudden I was living in my heart and not my head. And ever since, my mind has served my heart and not the other way around. And another thing that happened was that before my cancer, I was a driven artist. And when I awoke on the other side, I had lost my drive. Mm. It was very disorganized. They're very disorienting and very fearful because I thought I lost my creativity. And I get that one months. so completely. I, I get that so completely, and I think that's another commonality that I experienced when I read that part of your book because that seems to be a part of part of the process of the loss of that identity and and that yeah, that kind of dormancy of creativity and the reemergence. Yeah, and I don't know what that's like for you at this point, but for me what happened over time was that I discovered that I was drawn to things and not driven. And so the way, imagine a river. When a river is rushing, it makes a lot of noise because it's held by its banks and that current is moving quickly. But as it reaches the sea and all that water enters a deeper current, it doesn't lose the energy of that current, it just gets quieter because the water goes deeper. And that's kind of what happened. And it took me a while to figure that out. And so that my creativity actually increased and didn't, I didn't lose it. It was freed, but it was quieter. And I was drawn to things and not driven to them. And another thing that happened that was very important to me was uh, to shape my life was... You know, I was blessed during that journey to have people of of all faiths offer some kind of blessing or kindness or help. And so to wind up blessed to still be here, I wasn't, and I'm still not all these years later, wise enough to know what worked and what didn't. 
And so I felt I was challenged to believe in everything. And all my work, all my books, all my teachings, all my inquiry for all these last 28 years have been to try to reveal the common center of all traditions while lifting up the unique gifts of each and, most importantly, to do as, a, as a, a teacher and companion, to try to help myself and others, how, where, how do we apply that to our daily lives? Because things only remain abstract if we don't personalize them. And I would say there's one other thing I would share that's been very important in terms of the evolution of my own identity. And that is, you know, before I understood what spirit was, you know, I my identity was as a poet. And I think, you know, being a poet was what carried my spirit into the world and through me until I understood enough to understand it as spirit. And so somewhere in, after my, that, the heat of that journey in my 40s, um, I was shocked to be that my spirit had grown so much that it outgrew the identity of being a poet, which was, again, very disorienting. Now, I'm, I'll, I'll always be a poet. I'll, that's the way that, that I see the world and that life comes through me, but being an identity as a poet. So imagine, you know, we pot plants and we water them and we tend them, and if it works, we have to repot them because they outgrow the pot. And that's what kind of happened to me. So that, you know, when, when I was almost dying, I actually slipped below my name and below the life of names. And certainly being back in the world, I'm Mark and, you know, you're Simran and that's how we know each other. But, but who I am is nameless. Who mm, I am that's- is... Yeah. I love I love that analogy of the pot and growing beyond the pot and a few other things that you said remind me of of what my experience was as well and I think that's what you're saying is we move into a deeper place of communion and devotion devotion to to our spirit, to ourselves, to our creativity, to what really matters in life. And one piece that you talk about in the book had to do with that dance between isolation and, and allowing other people in. And I know in my own experience, life has been this journey of codependence to being independent, that driven person, to allowing the heartbreak and the crack enough to move into interdependence, where there was that dance, allowing other people in and out, but also taking the time where the isolation was necessary. Can you speak to those pieces of isolation and communion with others? Yeah, and this is the paradox of solitude and community, which whether we're going through something difficult or life-changing or threatening or not, in our, or just in normal, quote, days, um, we all have to move between this because it's, it's in our solitude where we have our direct contact with God and with life and with the mystery. And paradoxically, we all share that in that we, we go there alone and then we get so... Uh, touched by life and renewed and expanded that we very naturally, because we, we're, we're creatures of connection, we want to share it. So now we, we run back to others and we want to share it. And that's a wonderful thing. And we grow in a different way. 
but you know the the shadow of solitude is that after a while we only hear ourselves and we we only rely on our own experience the shadow of community is that after a while we give up who we are in order to belong mm. And we we move through this. It's very human, and the best thing is to recognize each. And when I'm too alone, you know, I used to think when I was young that I was fickle, that, you know, when I was with other people, I couldn't wait to be alone. And then when I was alone, I couldn't wait to be with other people. I said, what's wrong with me? Well, <laughs> but this is the natural rhythm of life, the same way a dolphin or a whale is under the water, and then it breaches the surface, and then it goes under the water. So... You know, one of the things especially that was clear during my cancer journey was that I needed to be alone in order to listen to my heart and life to know what to do next. And if you look at my journey from the surface, it looks like a lot of contradictory decisions, you know. I resisted and said no to brain surgery and to spinal chemotherapy, and then I said a year later, I said yes to rib surgery and chemotherapy. And then when the chemo started to kill me, I had to say no to it. It wasn't just flip-flopping. It was that at every point, I needed to have that solitude so I would know what was the exact decision I needed to make it to today, to talk to you today. And so I became, and this became a real map for for life and relationship in, quote, less, you know, in more normal times. So loved ones would help me navigate the medical world. But part I'm going to have us continue was, this part of the conversation after the commercial break. They're, they're prompting me. One of the mysteries of being human is that the healing is a process that never ends. Transformation, even from a single event, can continue for eternity. The transformative events may differ for each one of us, but every soul will face a life-changing threshold that will keep shaping who we are for the rest of our life. This is from the book Inside the Miracle by Mark Nepo. Speaking with the authenticity and compassion of one who's been there, Mark relates his own journey through cancer to share hard-earned lessons for everyday living and insights into how we can each find the resilience and medicine that waits to be transformed out of our suffering. For anyone grappling with serious illness or a dramatic life transition, these wise teachings help us access the courage and grace to face our situation head-on and hard-on, one step at a time. Visit Mark Nepo at MarkNepo.com. We'll be right back with Mark Nepo. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Before we get back to the brilliant Martin Nepo and his incredible book, Inside the Miracle, I invite you to visit my website, imsimmering.com. I'm offering 30 free days of awakening. They are touchstone moments for you every single morning to allow you to awaken to the divine brilliance that you are. They are simply a gift to you. While you're there, you can also access my books, Conversations with the Universe on Sign, Symbol, and Synchronicity, Your Journey to Enlightenment, which allows you to let go of all of the confines and structures of the world that have kept you imprisoned and allow you to live life from the eyes of the child, and Your Journey to Love, my own recount through struggle and pain, the loss of identity, and coming back into the full bounty of creativity that the Divine Presence is through me. I invite you to explore all of those at IamSimran.com. As coal is pressed into a diamond, experience presses us into the clear jewel that we are. Difficult as this is, this is the hard-earned way that wisdom appears in the world. And though what's unearthed here comes from the heat of Martin Nepo's journey, the lessons are for everyday living. It's a law of spiritual nature that the press of crisis, illness, heartbreak, and grief make visible what's essential to live. Somehow our life-giving lessons are more easily seen through the press of difficulty. So much of what we learn and pass on is the residue of more heated times. This is how we preserve what matters. This is how we create medicine out of our own suffering. And this is from the book, Inside the Miracle, Enduring Suffering, Approaching Wholeness by Mark Nepo. He is also the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. And this book offers 30 years of lessons in a collection of poems, reflections, questions, and essays that explore how we can inhabit the endless reservoir of aliveness that abides within our most difficult challenges. Welcome back, Mark. You were speaking at the end of the last segment talking about community and isolation, and you were completing 
a, a statement in regard to uh, individuals coming back around you, and I want you to feel free to complete that thought. Sure, thank you. So, you know, during during my journey, um, you know, I felt, and it became clear that, and all of my loved ones became accustomed to that before every procedure, before whatever I had to face, I had to go inward so that I could be in touch with my soul and my connection to the universe because this was part of the medicine that I could bring and meet the external medicine. So, you know, uh, my loved ones and my friends would navigate the medical world for me while I was preparing inwardly. And I think, you know, there's a wonderful little story, uh, old old custom that really speaks about this in everyday relationship that's very powerful, and it's how pearl divers, before there was scuba equipment and diving gear and motorized boats, you know, the old custom was that, you know, a pair, whether they were father and son or brothers or, you know, uh, husband and wife, would go out in a boat, they'd go out where the pearl beds were, one would tie a rope around their waist with a sink stone, and the other would hold the end of the rope, and then one would dive over to go look for pearls. But this is the important part. The one on board would count the time that the one underwater had to breathe so that they could freely look for the treasures, for the pearls, without having to think or worry about surviving or the logistics or how much time mm. they had left to breathe. And then they would tug it, and then the person would come up and share what they found, and then this is even more important, they would switch and take turns. And so whether it's going through illness or whether it's just living with a partner okay, or a friend, you know, this is what we have to do so that, you know, this week, you know, my wife is a potter. We're both artists. We both work in the inner world and the creative world. But, you know, so that means that, you know, this week, if she's doing the dishes and buying the groceries and paying the bills, she's counting the time while I'm on the phone with you (laughs) diving, okay? And, then I can come back and say, oh, look what I found, honey. This is wonderful. And then loving her and her loving herself is to say, that's wonderful. Now it's my turn. Next week, you do the dishes, you get the groceries, and you pay the bills so that I can dive and you count the time. And so in any healthy relationship, in the best of times or in the most difficult of times, this is a profound, uh, a profound equilibrium of relationship. And so when I was going through my cancer journey, you know, all my loved ones were counting the time while I was going inward to be strong enough and whole enough so that when, I like to think of it, that when that surgeon was coming from the outside to cut out my rib, I was meeting him from the inside so he didn't have to go too deep to find it. You know, I think that one of the deepest illnesses on the planet right now is that sense of loneliness that people feel. And when individuals are in an experience where they don't have a partner or where they're in a situation where their relationships with family are not intact and they're really going through something that is suffering, 
it, it's almost as if those experiences of suffering are showing up for the pure gift or miracle of being able to now create a new family or establish new friendship and new communion. And that's both on the inner and the outer. In my own book that came through my suffering, Your Journey to Love, was really to describe to people that we are our own true soulmate and that we have to do the work inside to become our best friends and our lovers and also cultivate that on the outside. You do that in the same way in Inside the Miracle. I love Number one, how you say miracle is a process and not an event, that each situation demands a different aspect of the miracle. And in the, throughout the book, you list a series of questions to walk with. And these are deep conversations, whether they're journaled or whether they're with a friend or uh, whether we are telling the story back to ourselves. But it is that cultivation of communion and friendship both on the inner world and on the outer world to deepen the experience of humanity with self and with one another. Can you talk about those uh, questions to walk with? Yes, sure. And, you know, and this is part of my commitment, you know, uh, to try to offer invitations to see where this material, if it speaks to someone as a reader, to to find where it lives in your own life. So I, uh, I deliberately have put in uh, journal questions as well as what I call table questions, which are discussion questions that you can sit down and ask and explore with a friend or a loved one and some meditations so that you can take this further into your own life and personalize what it means for you so because everything that I share is not an instruction, it's an example. All we're doing is comparing notes. And by sharing what I've learned over the years, I'm inviting a reader or a listener to, to discover their own wisdom from their own story. And, and let me add one thing that, to what you just said, too, which is so, you know, one of the things that's the gift of being thrown into difficulty is, you know, we think we have all these standards and, and guidelines, you know, like, well, these, are my, these are my criteria for having a friend. And there's nothing wrong with that. We want them to be trustworthy. We want them to be honest. And all that's wonderful. But they also start to inscribe us in a circle of loneliness because we start to edge ourselves up and we say, but make the fence too high. And then we say, well, this person isn't, they're not good enough to be my friend. And then we go home and think, why am I so lonely? But when we're thrust like I was thrust into my journey of illness, you know, and this is not to minimize, there are times when we are just alone and it's not the goodness of solitude. It's hard. And, and we have to have compassion for that for ourselves and each other. And, you know, when I was sitting in waiting rooms and, and, you know, there were times when loved ones and friends couldn't make it because of things in their own lives and I was all alone, I was forced to reach to the person next to me and say, hi, will you be my friend? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, all of a sudden there are no criteria. They're simply to say to each other, you know, this is, I, I'll share, this was a great teaching from nature. I was driving years ago down the West Coast along Monterey and Carmel and that beautiful rough coastline on, in California. And off of the, the highway, there are many of these, there's these little 
they're not so little, but these protruded little islands, rocks that are just stone that are sticking up, and the sea's kind of rough. And I stopped one day, it was a rough sea, and on this rock, it was covered with with wildlife. There were sea lions and caramants and, and otters and pelicans and, you know, all birds. There wasn't hardly a, you couldn't see the stone. And most of them were kind of sleeping on each other. <clears throat> and I watched this for a while, and I was surprised because normally many of those creatures are territorial. They would not get that close. And I watched long enough to realize their teaching. There was room enough for everyone because they were exhausted of their differences. Mm. The sea was so rough that they all just made it up onto the rock and they forgot about being territorial and they just slept on each other. It's very much what life is like that, you know, we have all these criteria and we have, and, and we have our notions which are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But when we're desperate, when we're cracked open, and when we are alone, we can be alone and we can also say, yeah, I'm going to do something I never did before. I'm going to reach out to this stranger and say, hi, I'm Mark. Who are you? I need help. And we can be humble and open up. And often what happens is people will go, oh, I need help too. Can we help each other? Each of us must do that work alone. Each of us must ask our questions and feel our pain and be surprised by wonder in the very personal terrain that exists beyond that glass door. The best we can do in loving others is wheel each other as far as possible and be there when our loved ones return. But the work that changes our very lives, the work that yields inner transformation, the work that allows us to be reborn within the same skin must always be done alone. This is the work of solitude. And the attending to and from the glass door is the work of compassion. And the sharing of what we each discover in our solitude is the work of education. And the wisdom by which we weave that inner knowledge and that compassion, this is the work of community. This is from the book Inside the Miracle, Enduring Suffering, Approaching Wholeness. My guest today has been Mark Nepo. And his latest book offers 30 years of lessons in a collection of poems, reflections, questions, and essays that explore how we can inhabit the endless reservoir of aliveness that abides within our most difficult challenges. I invite you to discover more about him at martinepo.com. In addition, join me at my website, imsimran.com. Click on the banner on my Love & Talk radio page and start your 30 days to awakening. Until next week, when my special guest will be Prudent Skinsman, I invite you to enjoy each day in love, of love, with love, and as love. Thank you so much, Mark Nepo. I am Simran. I'll see you next week on 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.